voice of Marshall University. WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone, for this Tuesday, June 28, 2022. I'm Nick And I'm Zane Townsend. Coming up this evening on New Center 88, sentencing finalized for Ghislaine Maxwell. All on your only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News, David Atkins will be in with the Metro Huntington weather forecast. The current temperature outside is a sunny 79 degrees. And now onto our top story. Turkey has agreed to lift its opposition to Sweden and Finland joining NATO. A breakthrough in an impasse clouding a leaders' summit in Madrid and amid Europe's worst security crisis in decades, triggered by the war in Ukraine. After urgent top-level talks, Alliance Secretary General Jane Stolenberg said, quote, We now have an agreement that paves the way for Finland and Sweden to join NATO, unquote. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has prompted Sweden and Finland to abandon their long-held non-aligned status. But Turkish President Recep Tayyip Adrigan had blocked the move, insisting the Nordic pair change their stance on Kurdish rebel groups that Turkey considers terrorists. Finnish President Sali Nisto said the three countries' leaders signed a joint agreement at their talks today. Ghislaine Maxwell has been sentenced to 20 years in prison for helping the wealthy financer Jeffrey Epstein sexually abuse teenage girls. The sentencing today was the culmination of a prosecution that detailed how Epstein and Maxwell flaunted their riches in association excuse me, associations with prominent people to groom vulnerable girls and then exploit them. Those crimes occurred even as the couple hobnobbed with some of the world's most famous and wealthy people, including former United States presidents Bill Clinton and Donald Trump and England's Prince Andrew. Epstein killed himself in jail while awaiting trial. Maxwell denied being Epstein's accomplice. Fifty people have died after being abandoned in a tractor-trailer on a remote back road in the sweltering Texas heat. It's the latest tragedy to claim the lives of migrants smuggled across the border from Mexico. Nearly all of the victims in San Antonio were found today or yesterday at the scene. Four people later died after being taken to hospitals. More than a dozen people had been taken to hospitals, including four children. San Antonio Fire Chief Charles Hood says they were hot to the touch and dehydrated, and no water was found in the trailer. The home countries of all of these migrants were not immediately known, but officials say some were from Mexico, Guatemala, and Honduras. Authorities say a fire at a prison in southwestern Colombia has killed at least 51 people and injured a dozen more. National Prisons Director Tito Castellanos tells the Associated Press that it's not clear if all the dead were prisoners. He says the fire broke out during what appeared to be an attempted riot earlier today at the medium security prison in the city of Tallulah. He said inmates had set mattresses on fire without considering the consequences. President Ivan Daki expressed condolences to the families of those who died and said he had ordered investigations into the cause. Scottish's, Scot, uh, Scottish First Minister Nicola Sturgeon has told lawmakers in Edinburgh that she plans to hold a fresh referendum on Scottish independence on October 19, 2023. That's despite UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson saying it wasn't the right time for such a vote. 
Scottish voters rejected independence in the 2014 referendum. The UK-wide government, headed by Johnson, has said the issue was settled in the 2014 vote. Scotland's government requires a special order from Johnson to legally hold a referendum. Sturgeon said she will ask the UK Supreme Court to rule on the Scottish government's right to hold the vote if Johnson does not give the go-ahead. Coming up, a new West Virginia plant to potentially create hundreds of jobs. That and more news from across the Tri-State when New Center 88 returns right after this. It's relaxing. Jazz brings the flavor. I need it. Tune into the latest jazz shows, your jazz shows, Huntington's best jazz shows. Trust me, you do not want to miss this. Only on Marshall University's 88.1 FM WMUL. The cutting edge of your radio dial. Every Friday from 9 to 5. Welcome back to New Center 88. Voted best newscast in the state of West Virginia by the Associated Press. I'm Nick Madawa. And I'm Zane Townsend. Kentucky State University regents have selected an interim campus president for the upcoming school year. The Associated Press reports that Ronald A. Johnson will serve in the role while the search continues to fill the position on a long-term basis. Johnson is a former president of Clark Atlanta University. It's a private, historically black university in Atlanta. Johnson was chosen for the interim role by KS, excuse me, KSU regents yesterday. Clara Ross Stamps has been KSU's acting president since last summer. Former President M. Christopher Brown II resigned amid concerns about KSU's finances and lawsuits filed against the university. When Supreme Court, when the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last Friday, West Virginia's ban on abortion was immediate. This has led to groups like My Body, My Rights, West Virginia, protesting at government buildings around West Virginia. News Center 88 reporter Zane Townsend was at one of these protests. This was a chant from a group of protesters outside of Cabell County Courthouse yesterday evening. The group known as My Body, My Rights West Virginia gathered yesterday evening in protest of both the Supreme Court overturning a right that had been in place for half a century and the government of West Virginia for instituting a law that is much older than the state itself. It's ridiculous. It makes me angry. And I think that if it had anything to do with a man's control over his body, they wouldn't have allowed that to happen. Eve Markham Atkinson organized the group protest after last Friday's ruling by the Supreme Court. Yeah, when the decision came down on Friday, all women were officially a second-class citizen. They had been told that they do not have ownership of their own bodies, and I, I couldn't stand it. So I started looking around for uh, events that I could participate in, but I was thinking, what if women did a women's strike 
on Monday, and everybody joined in some protest somewhere. The protest started at 5.30 p.m. and lasted until later in the evening as several protesters attended the city council meeting at City Hall while others held their signs in the air outside the courthouse and City Hall. The group plans on holding more protests in the future, including one this evening and tomorrow evening outside the Cabell County Courthouse. For News Center 88, I'm Zane Townsend. Thanks, Zane. For more information about the protests, the group has a page on Facebook for those who want to get involved. Baker Mayfield said the Cleveland Browns have worked ahead if they want to help them through their situation with Deshaun Watson. Mayfield, speaking at his football camp near the University of Oklahoma's campus, didn't entirely close the door on stepping in if needed. Quote, I think for that to happen, there would have to be some reaching out, unquote, Mayfield said. Quote, but we're ready to move on, I think on both sides. West Virginia officials say a German packaging manufacturer is investing $48 million in a plant in Moorfield and expects to create 100 jobs. Governor Jim Justice in the State Department of Economic Development says Piper Metaller acquired an industrial building in May for the company's first U.S. production plant. The release says the company manufactures packaging from paper and plastic is one of the leading makers of flexible packaging in Europe. Officials say Piper Metaller has also pioneered sustainable packaging alternatives in the industry for years. The family-owned business employs about 5,000 people in 16 different countries. Kentucky's Juvenile Justice Agency is hiring people to help fill more than 90 full and part-time positions across 24 facilities. To help in the recruitment, the Department of Juvenile Justice says it's offering a job fair tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It will be at the Campbell Regional Juvenile Detention Center in Newport. The department's vacancy rates are improving, but DJJ Commissioner Vicki Reed says the agency needs more people committed to fostering and investing in the life of each youth. And coming up next, judge told to recuse himself in former Texas officer's trial. That and more news from around the nation when News Center 88 returns. Stay with us. Marshall University. We hope you enjoy your stay. But we know sometimes college students can get a little down. Introducing the cutting edge of all ailments, WMUL. Feeling homesick? No problem. WMUL will keep you company all day long, from our 6 a.m. morning shows until late night alternative. Tired of pinching pennies? Then WMUL is perfect for you. Marshall's very own radio station is 100% commercial free. We hope you enjoy our presentation and don't forget to listen to 88.1 WMUL. You two must be proud of Johnny. Oh, we sure are. Yeah, he's a great kid. So he's got a job at the dealership, right? No, no. Yes, he did. Oh, right, the dealership. You know, he just started uh, there. Actually, it's been about six weeks. <laughs> Has it been that long? And he graduates next year, right? Oh, no, no. He's still... Yes, he does, Tom. Sure, Johnny graduates next year. I thought you were talking about... Who, Tom? Need to get closer to your family? So, Larry, let's talk about your kids. Give your family everything. Give them your time. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Welcome back to News Center 88, the best news program of the National Broadcasting Society. I'm Nick Madawa. And I'm Zane Townsend. The California Attorney General's office says hate crimes in 2021 shot up 33% to nearly 1,800 reported incidents. That is the sixth highest tally on record and the highest since after the 9-11 terrorist attacks in 2001. 
Crimes showing bias against black people were the most prevalent at more than 500 incidents. Hate crimes motivated by bias against a person's sexual orientation increased nearly 50% to a little over 300 incidents. Crimes against Asian Americans surged 178%. Officials concede that reporting hate crime statistics may be far lower than actual numbers, but they also say they've taken steps to encourage reporting by victims. The, the 1,763 hate crimes reported in 2021 in California is the highest since 2001, when 2,261 hate crimes were reported. An Amtrak passenger's train struck a dump truck at an uncontrolled crossing in a rural area of Missouri, killing three people on the train and one in the truck. At least 150 others were injured. The crash happened yesterday near Medin, uh, Missouri. Several cars derailed. The train was traveling from Los Angeles to Chicago. The crash came a day after three people were killed when an Amtrak train smashed into a car in California, killing three people in the vehicle. Wildlife advocates say there's been a distressing uptick in wolf poaching cases in the northwest in the past year and a half. Four dead wolves were discovered in the northeastern corner of Washington state in February. That followed the poisoning of eight wolves in eastern Oregon in 2021, along with the poaching of a total of eight wolves in Idaho last year. While the numbers are small, they are a big jump over previous years. Oregon had a total of 10 confirmed wolf poachings between 2017 and 2020. But Washington had no confirmed wolf poachings from 2017 to 2020. The Center for Biological Diversity, which compiled the numbers, says the actual number of poaching incidents is likely higher because the cases are difficult to solve. Oklahoma officials say they've reached an opioid settlement with three drug companies that would bring more than $250 million to finance efforts to battle opioid addiction. In a statement made yesterday, State Attorney General John O'Connor announced the state had reached a deal with McKesson, Cardinal, and Amerisource Bergen to settle its lawsuit accusing the companies of fostering a nationwide epidemic of opioid abuse. O'Connor noted that the state had previously rejected a national settlement with the companies. He says the state has recovered more than $680 million from opioid makers. A new judge must be assigned to oversee the murder case against a former Texas police officer after defense attorneys successfully argued that the initial judge must recuse himself. Retired Second Court of Appeals Justice Lee Gabriel issued the decision today after hearing arguments last week. Attorneys for the former officer Aaron Dean argued that Judge David Hagerman's pretrial decisions raised questions about his objectivity. Dean is accused of shooting at excuse me, at Tatiana Jefferson, the 28-year-old black woman, through a window of her home while responding to a call reporting the front door was open. Coming up next, court kills Flint water charges against ex-governor and others. On your only daily political update when New Center 88 returns, right after this. Are you tired of spinning that dial and hearing the same old Top 40 stuff being overplayed? Do you go to bed at night dreaming of a station that will play music you want to hear all the time? Whether you're driving in your car or chilling on the porch, leave your dial here at 88.1 WMUL, progressive music, and other stuff that you want to hear. Having a good time. Good time. Watching the sun
This is your Weedmeister 2000 string trimmer, cranking up to chow down on the crabgrass growing out of your driveway. This is the little chunks of rock and dirt flying everywhere like shrapnel, hitting your ankles, and sooner or later, hitting your eye. This is you calling yourself every name in the book for not wearing eye protection when working with a lawn tool. Any lawn tool. And this is a message about safety from the American Optometric Association. Welcome back to New Center 88. I'm Nick Madowell. And I'm Zane Townsend. President Joe Biden is opening his three-day visit to a NATO summit by pledging to beef up the American military presence in Europe. The president met with Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez and denounced Russia's Vladimir Putin for trying to, quote, wipe out, unquote, Ukrainian culture in the ongoing war in Eastern Europe. The United States president also detailed plans to increase the number of Navy destroyers based in Rota, Spain, from four to six. Biden says the move is one of multiple announcements that he and NATO allies will make to help bolster the alliance in the region during the summit. Every year there is a Poor People's Campaign, a national call for more revival. This year, one was in Washington, D.C. Reporter Sequoia Ware has more. The rally against poverty and injustice brought leaders such as William Barber II and Americans from all over the country to D.C. to march against systemic issues facing low-wage workers and low-wealth people. The Poor People's Campaign is a campaign movement created by Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in 1968. Chair of Rise Up West Virginia, Sally Roberts, is a part of the coordinating committee for the Poor People's Campaign. Roberts said the campaign is important on a national scale and also important to West Virginians back home. Not only are they struggling, but the poor are sinking. It is time for this country to put people over profits. It is time to care about one another and to have a moral reset. According to their mission and vision statement, the Poor People's Campaign focuses on pushing to impact policies and elections and build lasting power for poor and impacted people. Roberts said it is important to let our representatives know how we feel. It is really important to let our representatives know how we feel. They may not always listen, but when they don't listen, you don't go quietly into the night. You stand up and you talk a little bit louder. The assembly also brought together organizations and churches from all over the country. Bruce Perry, a representative from the Poor People's Campaign constituent in Chicago, says he's part of the movement because people are dying on the streets. They need housing. They need standard of living raised for those still on the streets so they're not dying before they get the housing. According to multiple reporting agencies, such as the National Center for Homeless Education, around 10 million people are without housing or on the verge of homelessness. Perry is a part of the Illinois Union for the Homeless, a chapter of the National Union for the Homeless. He addressed that homelessness needs to be tackled with more compassion. This is the movement for a moral change in this country, uh, change the moral narrative to one of decency and support for your fellow human beings across the board. Beyond housing issues, the campaign focuses on combating voter suppression, issues with health care, children and youth, climate change, debt, immigration, policing, and militarism. Roberts said government officials, even in West Virginia, share some of the blame. Too often politicians talk about the middle class and the working people, but they leave, they've left the poor out of their conversation for far too long. 
According to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration, trauma and homelessness are closely linked. Within the larger society, people experiencing homelessness are often marginalized and discriminated against, which leads to people who are highly vulnerable to violence and victimization on a public and state level. Vera Atwood from Mississippi and a member of the National Organization for Women said now stands in solidarity with people who are living in poverty and who are deserving of access to economic and civil rights. There are people living in poverty who deserve access to full justice. Minister and social activist William Barber II spoke passionately to the high-energy crowd about how more military funding should be used to combat the issues of homelessness. We know that just 10% of that bloated military budget could provide health care and public education. We won't be silent anymore. The campaign is a continuing movement, and leaders plan to rally again in September to continue to demand for justice for the underserved. For News Center 88, I'm Sequoia Ware. Thank you, Sequoia. For more information, feel free to visit poorpeoplescampaign.org. And coming up, David Atkins will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast and updates on the Russia-Ukraine war. Stay with us. My brothers, we gather here today for one true and all-holy purpose, the summoning of the great being. Give away your essence freely, brothers. Now, arise, arise. Yes, it's WMUL 88.1 FM, the greatest source of music, news, and sports the world has ever known. We are in debt to you. Don't think a penny buys much? Depends on how much you value safety. One way to check tire safety is by placing a penny upside down in the tread. If you can see the top of Lincoln's head, you need to replace your tires. We can help you travel more safely with a five-minute monthly tire check. To learn more, visit our website at www.nhtsa.gov. Tire safety. Everything rides on it. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm David Atkins, and now it's time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Today you will find it to be a sunny 79 degrees. The temperature will drop dramatically throughout the night before reaching a low of 56 degrees around 4 a.m. tomorrow morning. The temperature will rise throughout the day before reaching a high of 84 around 5 p.m. The temperature will then drop throughout the night until it reaches a low of 58 around 5.30 a.m. Thursday before shooting up toward a high of 89 around 3.30 p.m. Your weather word of the day is St. Elmo's Fire. A bright electric discharge that is projected from objects when they are in a strong electric field, such as occurs during a thunderstorm. This discharge can cause a ship's mass or airplane wings to have a greenish or bluish glow. Thank you weather4u.com for that information. Currently outside the WMUL studios, it's a sunny 79 degrees. That's your Metro Huntington weather forecast for News Center 88. I'm David Atkins. Thanks, Dave. Now on to Russia-Ukraine news. Ukrainian officials say scores of civilians are feared killed or injured after a Russian missile strike hit a crowded shopping mall in the central city of Kremenchuk. 
Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky called the number of victims unimaginable and labeled it a, quote, terrorist attack, unquote. He said more than 1,000 shoppers and staff were inside at the time of the attack. Zelensky stressed that the target presented, quote, no threat to the Russian army, unquote, and had, quote, no strategic value, unquote. Late last night, Ukraine's emergency services reported at least 16 people were dead and about 60 wounded. Rescuers worked into the night to search for victims. President Vladimir Putin says Russia is trying to build relations with the Taliban and that Russia wants to see all the ethnic groups in Afghanistan take part in running the country. Putin's statement yesterday today came in a meeting with President Emmanuel Ramon of Tajikistan during his visit, a trip abroad since the beginning of the Ukraine conflict. Quote, we are doing everything so that the situation in that country normalizes, unquote. Putin said in Dasambi, the Tajik capital, quote, we are working from the premise that all ethnic groups in Afghanistan, as, as was already said, most properly participate in running the country, unquote. France's president has denounced Russia's fiery airstrike on a crowded shopping mall in Ukraine as a, quote, new war crime, unquote, and vowed the West's support for Kyiv would not waver. Emmanuel Macron said today that Moscow, quote, cannot and should not win the war, unquote. The strike killed at least 18 people in the central city of Kremenchuk, and it came during an unusually intense barrage of Russian strikes across Ukraine that drew new attention to a war that some fear could fade from focus as it drags on. Also today, Turkey lifted its objections to Sweden and Finland joining NATO ahead of its alliance summit in Madrid. Coming up next, big bacterium found in Caribbean swamp. Stay tuned. worldwide leader of Marshall University sports coverage. Welcome back to Joint Perry Stadium in Bowling Green, Ohio, a stone's throw from I-75. Back inside the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. And welcome back inside the MAC Center here in Kent, Ohio. Marshall women's basketball preparing to take on the Golden Flashes. From Millet Hall in Oxford, Ohio, the campus of Miami University. Here atop Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in the Emerald City, Greenville, North Carolina. WMUL-FM Huntington. You did it! You won! Congratulations! You solved all 10 briefcases without hitting a whammy! That means you've won the grand prize! Tell them about it, Rod! It's brand new radio station from Marshall University, WMUL 88.1. Contains the best music library, news coverage, award-winning sports, and impeccable talent. It's the WMUL 88.1. Cutting edge! And finally today on News Center 88, most bacteria are microscopic, but this one's so big and it can actually be seen with the naked eye. Scientists say they've discovered the world's largest bacterium. It came from a Caribbean mangrove swamp. It's about a third of an inch long, making it the world's largest bacterium known to date. Researchers who found the bacterium aren't sure why this one is so big. Smartly dressed robbers, wielding what appeared to be weapons and a sledgehammer, have staged a brazen jewelry heist at an international art fair in the southern Dutch city of Maastricht. Police quickly made two arrests and said they were hunting another two suspects. Video purporting to be of yes of today's robbery and posted on social media 
and on the website of Dutch broadcaster NOS, showed one man dressed in slacks, sneakers, a sports jacket, and a cap pounding at something out of the picture with a sledgehammer as an alarm rang. Three other men, also neatly dressed, stood guard around him. Police said the robbers made off with goods, but did not elaborate on what they stole or its value. A political race in the state of Alabama is literally a pick'em. It's a primary battle for a state senate seat, and after it was officially ruled a flat-footed tie, the winner will be decided by lot according to the state election code. The law says the Alabama Secretary of State now takes over to resolve the tie. The news release from the Alabama Republican Party didn't say when the winner will be picked or what method would be used. And that does it for this summer edition of News Center 88. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University and the Tri-State area. Remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For Zane Townsend, Rebecca Law, Sequoia Ware, David Atkins, and the entire New Center 88 team, I'm Nick Matawar. And your thought of the day is, you don't want to work on a job where you're looking at your watch. Stephen Hillenberg. <laughs>